Welcome to Pedagogue, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. In this episode, David Code and Mihal Riznitsky talk about the dynamic activities for first-year composition and how new and experienced teachers can use this book as a resource for designing and planning classroom activities. David Code is a college educator and scholar of digital rhetoric who teaches at Santa Clara University in California's Silicon Valley. Holding a PhD from UC Davis in education, David is interested in active learning and engaging, inclusive approaches to teaching. He also teaches various digital literacies, including critical and ethical thinking about Gen AI, virtual reality, social media, and other emerging technologies. He has published in Kairos, JITP, and Computers and Composition. Mihal Reznitsky, a scholar and educator in the field of composition studies, teaches writing at the University of California, Berkeley. Mihal holds a PhD in education from the University of California, Davis. Her research focuses on teacher preparation, active learning, and the connection between high school and college writing. She has published in Currents in Teaching and Learning and in College Composition and Communication. David and Mihal, thanks so much for joining us. Your recent co-edited collection, Dynamic Activities for First-Year Composition, contains 96 teaching activities to help teachers plan, prepare, and implement the writing instruction in college. One thing that's unique about this book is its chapters. They're short and accessible. They include mode of delivery, teacher preparation, estimated time, and a description for each activity. Each chapter also includes instructions, learning outcomes, and impressions. Can you talk more about how this book came to be and why you decided to go with this structure for the book and chapters? Yeah, um, so I want to start with really the story of how the book came into being. Um, it actually came from a struggle that I had. Um, I this was I started a new job at UC Berkeley, and I was already a pretty experienced teacher. But after that first year, I felt like um, I had a challenging year, and I was struggling. And my struggle was that I felt like you know I already had everything set up, but I felt like my class was too repetitive, not so engaging. I was doing just the same things, you know, over and over again. Um, you know, we read the text, group discussion. Uh, just I, I didn't have any, and I, I didn't really know how to. What should I do? Like I, I ran out of ideas. <laughs> And over that summer, after my first year there, I met with David, who is a good friend of mine from grad school. And, you know, just, you know, meeting for coffee. And I, I said to David, listen, I, I'm, I'm looking for a resource for something with a book or a resource with activities to do in the classroom, because I feel like I'm running out of ideas. Um, and so... David and I started looking for such a resource. We couldn't find anything. And, you know, we had so many conversations talking about how, how is it possible that there is nothing like that in the field? And so that actually made us, you know, we did the research, we were looking, looking and decided, you know, we should just create that resource ourselves. Um, you know, and after many conversations and, you know, looking for other resources and what's out there, we decided that it's the best thing would be to collect activities from writing instructors all over the country and really see what other people are doing. So that's really the idea be how the book came into being. Michal said it really well, that the story is just so potent. Um, but yeah, I wanted to tell answer a little bit about the other part of the question, which was basically the structure of the activities and the structure of the book. Um, 
So the, the chapters or activities, we really wanted to be accessible and usable for instructors, right? So we came up with that simple structure um, for each activity to help instructors be able to use it readily, right? And so the final product is easy to read, quickly, quick, quick to understand, and easy to um, implement quickly into your class. So that's what we really enjoyed about it. Um, and then um, we also included the learning outcomes and impressions because we felt like they um, gave an idea of where these activities were coming from and how they were tied to first-year composition pedagogy, which is really important. And then when organizing the chapters into sections, we didn't really have a set structure already. We more so thought about how do um, the activities that we received map, map out, right? And so we kind of like when you're doing qualitative research and you're coding things, we kind of just looked at them and categorized them. And, and so it's a really organic structure, right? We realized that... Um, um, as we went through the activities, for instance, we had a lot of activities on genre, like more than we expected. So we just made a whole section on genre, and then we made a section on visual and social media, and a section on composing and revising, reading skills, teaching grammar and language. And these all came out of the activities we actually received. So that was just, excuse me, sorry. That was just really awesome, and that uh, we felt like it really um, came out really well because it allows teachers to use the, these activities in practical ways that come directly from what people are actually doing in their classrooms. And we'll talk more about the book sections in just a bit. 96 activities, that's a lot. I'm interested in hearing about an activity from the book that you've adapted and, and that you've used in your own writing classrooms. Yeah. Um, so first I will say there are so many activities. I, I feel like right now my class is like, all that, like my class is the book. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really using... I think both of us are using all of the activities. Um, one activity, one of my favorite activities, um, and I think also my students' favorite, um, is called the candy activity. Uh, so the title is Understanding Analysis and Synthesis with Candy, and this is by Ella R. Browning. Uh, now, in this activity, students, I, I bring different types of candies to class. This semester, it works well because it's around Halloween time. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, students, what they need to do is they analyze the candy. Um, so they eat it and then they talk in groups, you know, why they like the candy and, you know, specific questions, analyzing why the candy is so good and, you know, the, the texture, the taste and so on. Um, and after that, they need to discuss how the different candies connect to each other. And in my class, I teach, I do both analysis essay and I also do synthesis. So that works really well. Um, it really, this activity I do at the beginning, introducing both kinds of essays. And just by doing this with candy, it's much more engaging, it's fun. A lot of students have very strong opinions about the candies. <laughs> um, and I also feel like, so it's it's very helpful in understanding the concept, you know, concept of analysis, concept of synthesis. Um, uh, and also I feel like that activity, students always mention that in the evaluations, you know, the candy activity, they remember it. And sometimes we even go back to it and I say, oh, remember how when we were talking about the candies, now you need to do that with the sources. <laughs> um, so that has been very, very useful and effective. Yeah, and I also did that activity last week, which was great because of Halloween and everything. So, uh, but one of my favorite activities to implement from the book is the bad email activity. It's called bad email rhetoric. 
by Jerry Stinnett. And um, for this activity, I've, students get into groups and each group needs to write an email to the professor requesting an extension on a paper. But there's like one catch, right? There's like one really interesting piece of the uh, instructions for this activity, which is that they need to write the worst email ever. And so this activity is, it's just so engaging, right? And what they end up with is a really live, lively discussion about genre conventions. And um, just the idea of writing something really bad um, gets students so excited to work together and see what they can produce. And it just lights up everybody in the classroom, especially uh, the students who maybe otherwise aren't involved, as involved as everyone else. So yeah, that's the activities that we've um, implemented from our book into the class have just like gone so swimmingly so well that it's just like really makes us believe in this book and um, the power of, of teachers sharing activities with each other. Let's talk about the audience for dynamic activities for first year composition. You mentioned in your introduction that this book can be an, quote, indispensable resource for both new and experienced teachers of writing, end quote. Can you talk more about how these two different audiences can take up and use this book and how you feel like this book engages new and experienced writing teachers? I'm thinking about positionalities and how different teachers might use this book from adjuncts to GTAs to lectures, to tenure-track faculty, to tenured professors? Yeah, um, so I want to start by saying that the book is really for everyone. Um, and I want to first address that the experience teaching at uh, teachers, because I feel like uh, when we started working on the book, um, it we didn't think about, oh, this will be good for new teachers. No, we both of us were, you know, mid-career, already had um, a lot of experience teaching, and both of us felt like we really needed that book. Um, so I feel like in a sense, again, the, the idea of the book is that it's comprehensive and it's for everybody, doesn't matter which stage in your career you're at. Um, but at the same time, I feel like especially experienced teachers who feel like, oh, we have everything already. I have all my lesson plans. I know what I'm doing. Um, this is something that can help with creating more engagement, ref like refreshing ideas. Uh, but also I feel like teaching, I mean, it's such a dynamic profession. Every semester you have a different group of students and every group of students is completely different <laughs> from the previous one. Um, so I feel like teaching is just so dynamic that you always have to come up with something that would work for that group of students. And um, so again, I the main thing thinking about that audience is that especially for experienced for, uh, teachers who think like, oh, we have it, we have everything, we don't need to know anything. Again, teaching is also, uh, you could say a profession where it's like a lifelong learning that you learn every time. Um, and so I feel like, again, and, and I was an experienced teacher when I started, when we started the project with the book and it just, I, I use it all the time. It's just so helpful, so nice to have new things, different activities, you know, make the class more engaging, more participation. Um, and it, it also, I can see that in my student evaluations, how using these activities helps so much. Like the, the students are really looking forward to the class because they don't know what, you know, what other activities will do. And it's very, very engaging and, and fun. You mentioned students. Is this a book that 
students could buy for a class and it, it'd be used more like a centralized classroom text. I'm thinking about a situation where maybe the teacher wants to, to hear from students and wants students to pick and choose the activities they want to engage with and, and the learning that they want to do. Have you, have you heard it being used in, in that way? That's, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that very much. Um, I think uh, as far as how it's been used so far, right, like it's mostly been used by, as far as we know, instructors, both high school instructors and college instructors. And it's also been assigned as a text to many um, like practicum courses for, for grad students who are teaching for the first time. It's very useful for them. But, um, but yeah, as far as like in the, cl- in the first year writing classroom, we haven't really thought of it that way. Uh, might be a little meta, but it would be interesting to see. Like, so maybe somebody might might try that out and see how it goes. Right, the idea of like, here's an activity. What are you learning from it? And let's do it together. And yeah. So, um, but I did want to talk. Do you want to say something else, Michal? Just want to respond to that question. Um, you know, when the book came out last semester, um, I shared that with my students, and I actually I brought the book, and students were looking at the activities. Um, I feel like, again, the book, as David was saying, is primarily mostly for teachers. It's, a, as you were saying, a pedagogy book, you know, to plan the class. Um, I think when I saw students engaging with it, it's really hard for them to, like, you know, it's, it's just how to plan activities. Um, I did have some students who looked over and said, oh, this looks fun. That looks interesting. So they wanted to to try it and then made me actually try a new activity that I never tried before, uh, which is a walk with writing. Um, I tried it because the students asked to do that. Um, Yeah, so I feel like it's mostly for for teachers. Um, I just wanted to respond a little bit about the new instructors, right, using this book. And I, I remember myself when I was a new instructor, just how challenging it is to prepare lesson plans uh, from scratch and, and the pace of teaching and coming up with enough activities to fill class time in a meaningful, productive way rather than just uh, you know throwing something together. It takes a ton of emotional energy and, and time for new instructors. And so um, I just feel like this book is great hands-on, tried and used, uh, ready to use activities you know, um, that instructors can put into their classes and it saves a ton of time and stress when preparing new activities for those instructors who just have so much on their plate and don't know exactly how to organize, how to develop these activities yet. But it also, one last thing is it helps, it helps uh, teach new teachers get ideas of how to teach concepts that maybe they don't know how to teach yet and gives them more confident in that and more confident in how to develop their own activities as well. This is my last question. The book is divided into nine sections. Was there an idea for a section that didn't make the final version that you thought about including in the early stages, one that maybe you had in mind during the planning and proposal stage? Or is there a section that you would add to a second edition based on conversations with teachers who are using your book now? Yeah, um, so to answer your question, um, the answer is no. (laughs) Um, And as I mentioned before, um, you know, the really the sections came out of the activity. So we really didn't plan for anything. I mean, we knew there will probably be a section about genre and one on social media, you know, so we, but we didn't want to come with a set kind of a mindset that, oh, we only need these sections. Uh, but so we didn't have any sections that we, we didn't include in the book. However, we did have one section that we ended up creating uh, that we didn't expect. And so 
you know, we, when we got all the activities, we already we categorized them, we had all the sections, everything was perfect. And then we had about a dozen activities that didn't fit into any of the sections. Um, and so instead of taking it out, what we decided to do is actually to include this. Um, and we call that, this is the last section, it's called Thrilling Ways to Think Outside the Curriculum. Because it felt like the activities didn't belong anywhere because they were miscellaneous in a way. Um, and so these activities are, are, are really different things that writing instructors are doing. Um, like there is an activity about titles, like a title auction. Um, and that one that I mentioned, the walk with writing, where students go out and take a walk to do some brainstorming. So, um, and we're, again, we wanted the book to be comprehensive and to include everything. So um, we're really glad that we included that section. Yeah, and the really interesting thing about that additional section was that uh, as it was going through peer review, the book was going through peer review, you know, one of the reviewers said, oh, this thinking outside the curriculum section is my favorite section and it's so cool. And, and it was really surprising to hear that, you know, that something that we expected to be kind of miscellaneous ended up being really meaningful and helpful to folks to think outside of the regular curriculum and see what else they can do in their class. And then to answer the last part of your question there about um, like a second edition and other sections we might include, of course, if we, if we produce a second edition, we would want to include something on generative AI because of how important that is right now for our field and for uh, developing critical thinking about that in first year composition. Um, it happened, all of that happened like right as the book was coming out basically. So it's something we would love to include in the second edition. Thanks, David and Michal. And thank you, pedagogue listeners and followers. Until next time.